guides us. Other religions will often present you with two books. They will say the Bible and you need this companion. You need this and you need the Book of Mormon. Uh, uh, you need this and you need the catechisms. Uh, you need this and you need uh, our specially printed Bible that explains our religion to you. You should be running from that. As one person knows what I'm talking about. You should be running from that. When someone opens the Bible, they should be able to give you what God said. Amen? Amen. We've been studying God's reciprocity. In this next installment, the Holy Spirit is going to take us in history over 500, over 600, almost 1,000 years backwards in time and bring us forward. I believe that you are wearing your Holy Ghost time capsule suits, space suits. You can travel. Amen. Second Corinthians 9, 6 is our anchor verse. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. That's a principle, excuse me. That's a principle that cannot be broken. The Levitical priesthood is where we ended last week, so we're not going to dally, or dilly as they say in England, dilly-dally, but right into the text. Genesis twenty-nine thirty-four, And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, this is Leah speaking, because I have borne him three sons, therefore was his name called Levi. We studied and, uh, and understood from last week that from the son Levi came the tribe of Levi, one of the twelve tribes of Israel. And from the tribe of Israel, uh, Levites, you have the Levitical order. We discovered that they were very bold when Moses was challenged in the insurrection, Exodus 32, 26. It was the sons of Levi who stood up, who refused to compromise. They refused to fall away. They stood up. Amen, brother. Touch that brother and say amen, brother. He's, he's deep into the focus right now. That they were the ones who stood up. They were the ones who said, we will not rebel against God, against Moses. They were marked out, Numbers 150, but thou shalt appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony and over all the vessels thereof and over all the things that belong to it. They shall bear the tabernacle. From that courageous moment with Moses, God elected them to monitor, minister, and to be in control of the tabernacle and all of the vessels. Promotion came as a result of God electing them and them accepting the election. What does that mean? That means that God is calling all of us, even right now. Mm. You have a choice to accept the election or to let someone else take it. Mm. But that is an option that you must face. Mm. Amen? Mm. Sometimes in order to accept the election, you must overcome yourself. Sometimes self is the biggest enemy to doing the will of God. It's not your neighbor, it's not the guy down the street. It's within yourself choosing to rise above your own particularities and say, Daddy God, I will do your will no matter what. Are you understanding? Mm -hmm. That's a choice you have to make. You have to make it over emotions. You have to make it over sometimes over finances. You have to make it sometimes over physical difficulties. I've seen people with wheelchairs trying to mount a curb in a wheelchair. 
and people walking by and no one wanted to stop and help. And this person was determined, I am going to get on this curb. I don't care if no one helps me. And finally, they made it. Sometimes you have to rise above your insecurities and your fears and things that your mama told you and things your daddy told you and things that someone else said about you. You have to come out of that. So the call to the Levites was, are we going to do God's will? Are we going with everybody else? We will not rebel. And that is when they were elected, selected, noted. Deuteronomy 10.8, at that time the Lord separated. He did what? He separated the tribe of Levi. This is all a part of reciprocity. What are they doing? They are giving to God what God has given to them. If I give you courage and you don't use it, what happens to it? What happens to that courage? What happens to that courage? I give you courage and God gives you courage and says, yes, you can do this. And you say, I'm afraid. I'm going to bury my talent in the ground. Mm. You could have risen to a higher height. Why did you, why did you step back? Mm. Who told you you were naked? Mm. Who, who said you couldn't do what I said you could? So they, that challenge they met, then God separated them. What did he do first? He appointed to them, and then he separated them. Beloved, God is looking at you right now. I'm not looking at you. God is looking at you. He's asking you an inside question, brother. He's asking you a question that only you can hear. I can hear what God's asking you. Only you can hear it, because he's asking you. He's asking you something down in your soul, mm -hmm. something beyond your education, something beyond your background, beyond your culture, beyond your nationality. He's asking you something that's deep in the eternal purposes of God. I can hear the Holy Ghost say this. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you beyond self. Don't give me the number of years you have lived. Give me the decision you are willing to make. Hey. Come on. I came to church this morning saying, Daddy, let me preach as if I were dying after the sermon. What are you holding back? What are you waiting for? Run to the front. The Bible says that David ran towards the enemy. When he saw Goliath, he didn't back up. He said, man, that guy is big. No, he said, this is it. Let's go forward. God will deliver me or he won't. But you are not fighting me, Goliath. You're fighting the God that I serve. Amen. That's, that's the attitude. So the Levites come and they say, we will not choose evil. We will choose good. And God elected them, mm. appointed them, then separated them for his purpose. Hallelujah. Verse 9 says, they had no part in the inheritance. This is where we come back into the physical part of the study. Out of all the 12 tribes... Because their dedication was to the tabernacle, to the temple, God did not allow them to own property. You need to understand that. You need to grasp that and put that in your historical reference. I do not like preaching out of reference. What does that mean? That means you do not take the context, throw it away to try to spiritualize a point. Are you understanding? Mm -hmm. So that even when the Holy Spirit gives revelation inside the text, you do not break the context to try to make a spiritual point. Mm -hmm. When you do that, you destroy something that actually happened in time. Are you understanding? Mm -hmm. Did he or did he not part the Red Sea? Mm -hmm. 
Well, if you think the parting of the Red Sea is just a metaphor, then you have lost one of the greatest miracles God created. You understand? So we read the text. We read it in context. We read it with the historical value points. And then the Holy Spirit gives us a further examination for our day, for our time. How does this apply to you? How does this story of the Levites apply to you, young man, young woman? Uh, you understand? So this is where the, the, the enlightenment comes. The schoolmaster, the Old Testament opens and teaches us. They had no physical inheritance. Why? Because they were exclusively doing the duty of God in serving the temple. Mm -hmm. This is why the tithe was created. Mm -hmm. If you've got persons that their only duty is to serve in that capacity, how are they going to eat? How are they going to clothe their children? Were they going to live off of air? How am I going to make sure that the priests who are serving the temple, that they are seen for? Is, is our God ridiculous or silly? He gives you a full-time job and tells you, I'm not going to give you an inheritance. You can't work, but I'm not going to provide for you either. Okay, how's that going to work out for me? You will be dead very soon. So God creates a system to sustain what he starts. Okay? This is why when you see someone, I'll say it and I'll come back. And I might go back and say it again, but I'll say it right now by the permission of the Holy Spirit. When you see someone telling you, give right now or I'm going off the air, you should lift your right hand and say, bye. <laughs> Before God, I'm telling the truth. You're telling me God sent you. The Jehovah who made all the flowers, trees, plants, air in the universe. The sustainer of all life. Called you, sent you into ministry. You are saying to me that if I don't give you five dollars, you're going off the air. I say bye. Do you need a ride anywhere? I'm, I'm totally serious because that is ridiculous. God cannot create something he cannot sustain. It's impossible. It has never happened in the history of his creation. He has never made anything, anything that he cannot sustain. So when someone is saying all this rubbish to you, you should say, let me help you with your bags. <laughs> it sounds funny, but it, I'm, I'm glad you're laughing. Because in your laughter, see the reality. Be bold enough to call people out on this rubbish. If God called you, he will keep you. If God called you, he will sustain you. Well, you're not giving me any money. Well, obviously, that's not my calling, is it? Where is the money going to come from? From the person that God has called to go with you. How many understand that when Israel left Egypt, they were slaves? So what happened to the slaves leaving Egypt? The Egyptians financed their journey. All that gold that they used in the wilderness to make a golden calf, you got to say, wait a minute, where did you guys get gold from? To make a golden calf in the wilderness and you left Egypt slaves. 
the Egyptians gave them the gold. They basically paid them to leave. After all the plagues, they said, not only do you go, take this money with you and go as far as you can go away from us with all these bugs and flies and frogs. Please go away. Amen. If you had a guest came to your house, my sister, as loving and as kind as you are, if they walked in in a horde of flies, mites, <laughs> frogs, <laughs> you would say, Lord Jesus, I know the anointing is not on this person. Wouldn't you say, get out of my house. You'd be happy. To, would you not give them your silverware? Take that plate you was eating off from with all those bugs. Take your thing. You could go. Take all of that with you. You'd be happy. So they paid for their departure. God used their enemy to pay for that journey. Don't tell me that you're going to tell this young man, give me your college fund. Give me your college fund because the Lord said you should give it to the church. I've seen this. I'm not making this up. I know I'm, I'm going off, but I'm like here from where we are. These are real examples. And again, the humor is to let it be gentle. Because if it was the razor edge that I feel, tears would be falling. These individuals who make merchandise. So the tithe, as we saw last week, consisted of three compartments. The tithe is not one offering of 10%. Those who are teaching that either do not have a Bible, haven't read the Bible, or refuse to tell you what's actually in the Bible. The shame is that everyone with the Bible can read this. So why are we not being taught what? The tithe is. Let's look at it. Thank you, Lord God. Every Jew was required by the Levitical law. The who? The Levitical law. Who are the Levites? Yes. To pay three tithes of his property or their property. One tithe for the Levites, one for us, uh, one for use of the temple and the great feast. That's those annual and multiple feasts throughout the year where they all gather together. Basically, you're putting aside 10% to pay for that activity. And the third one, one for the poor of the land. Three tithes of 10% each. How much is that? 30%. The Levitical or sacred tithe, the tithe of feasts, and the tithe of the poor. Let's read the scriptures so you won't say he made that up. Numbers 18, 21, 24. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for and inheritance, that's the first tithe. Who is it going to? The Levites. You don't eat it. You don't touch it. You don't mess with it. It's going to them. For their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation. Why? Because it is the exclusive region of operation of the Levites. He just said it. All right. Uh, neither lest they bear their sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. Whose iniquity? The people's iniquity. H have you ever been cooking and you, you had to put on, the, what's that thing, an oven glove? Yep. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen if you take the oven glove off and use your bare hands? Yeah, you will, you will get a reaction. You'll know you're alive really quickly. <laughs> so the oven glove helps you handle something that would otherwise harm you. God's anointing on the person who is called does the same thing. Amen. 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 You see, the, 
guy who tried to, the, the seven sons of Sceva, they tried to cast out devils like Paul. We know what happened to them. The Bible says, in this book, you read this book of Acts. They were attacked by the demonic person. The demon in the person jumped on them, and the Bible says they ran out of the house naked, put to shame, trying to use Jesus' name without a relationship, okay? There was no protection. Why? Because they were not anointed. Why? Because they were not called to do what they were doing. I have records of people in Dallas. I've known, I won't even say the person's name, but you probably know him. A, a real famous DJ. Just left a concert, and the, the gangs rolled up on him, blew his brains out in his car, just leaving ch a church function. You have to be walking in your anointing. Mm. Not doing it because it sounds popular or cute. You could get yourself very dead. Mm. Come on. Seriously dead. You need to know where you're supposed to walk. I like that area of ministry. Did God call you there? No, but it looks good on YouTube videos. You're, you're, you're really borderlining on dum-dum right now. Stay where God has called you. Right? There is no fear where God has called you. Amen. Right? And as many times as you have... Those who have cast out devils from people and seen their manifestation, you know at that moment, fear is the farthest thing from your mind. Amen. Because you're just walking in the anointing. You didn't look for this fight. You didn't try to pick the fight. So-called devil chasers and people create this atmosphere and ginning people up and encouraging and they have the cameras there. Circus menagerie ridiculousness. A good name for a drama. So walk where you're called. So they were able to handle the iniquity of the people without dying. Mm. To go to the tabernacle because they were anointed to be there. Mm. Oh my God, this is such an important part. They, they'll do the service. Don't you worry about it. Well, I want to be a Levite. You were not born a Levite. You were not called a Levite. Don't be jealous of the Levites. Let them do what God called them to yes. do. But I want to, they look cool when they're doing their thing. Leave it alone. I heard one man say, oh, this evangelism, it's a nice, nice career move. All you need is a microphone, an auditorium, a few flyers, and some video, and people will come. And I'm listening to this guy making himself sound, sound like, quote, a preacher. Had the twang, had the accent, had the smile, had everything. A circus performer. A minor bird can imitate a human voice, but it's not a human. A parrot can human, imitate a human voice, you understand what I mean? But it's not a human. Just by imitating something, that does not mean you have the swang or the tongue or the look. Get the right haircut, the right $900 pound suit, the right Stacey Adams shoes, alligator shoes, whatever. That does not make you or qualify you. There's a company right now called Church Suits. I'm not attacking them, but I'm showing you something. They picked up on the arrogance and the vanity of people. With the yeah, it's called church church suits. The most elaborate hats you have ever seen in your entire life. You could build an ecosystem in the hat. You could see birds and things. The hat is so ornate. If you walked in the church and saw the hat, you wouldn't even hear the sermon. <laughs> You'll be looking at that because the hat is just that fabulous. Mm. 
right? And, and I said, okay, they're making money off of the vanity and arrogance of people, right? If you walked in there with just your Primark special and sit down, nobody would pay attention to you. But if you came in with your long, if you're your brother, pinstripe suit and your Mac Daddy cane and all the rest of the garbage, then they would look at you. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to pretend to be a preacher. Just be one. Is that what God called you to be? Is that what God called you to be? Be that. Whatever God has called you to be, just be that. Let the anointing flow from Jesus into you, out of you, as it is. A prophet does not... I'm just hearing it, and I'm just going to say it as I'm hearing it. A prophet does not have to preface everything that God says with, Thus saith the Lord! That's the Old Testament model. It was a, making an announcement. So everyone would click and, and listen. I can go from preaching to prophesying to teaching back to preaching all in a minute or two. And the person for whom the word is for will hear it. And no one else will hear it. But they will hear it. Why? Because when God speaks to you, he speaks inside of you. So if I don't tune my spiritual ears to hear him, you can hear the devil speak. Oh, that was wonderful. And then God spoke. Oh, that was just incredible. And then flesh spoke. And he, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> and you say, Lord, have mercy. With, are you understanding? Any one of those channels can be speaking. It's like turning a radio dial. Any one of those frequencies can be speaking to you. You say, how is that possible? D didn't you see it with Peter? He told Jesus what? You are who? I heard somebody almost say it. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the Most High God. Oh, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh has not revealed this unto you. Then what did he say right after that? When Jesus talked about being crucified, he said, Oh, be, far be it from you, Lord. And he said, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. So you went from the anointing, hearing from God, from heaven, supernatural word, to being the mouthpiece of the devil in a sentence. Oh, don't tell me it can't happen. Of course it can happen. So if you're always listening for the voice of Jehovah, you know when somebody has changed the dial. You've changed the frequency. I've listened to messages, and the man or the woman was preaching the gospel, and all of a sudden comes flesh. Because you in your mind had the offering in the back of your mind. So you know like you're guiding a ship. I'm going to start changing the direction now because I know where I want to land. I want to land over there on Money Coast. So I'm going to start with Christ, but I'm going to work the crowd and keep tilting the ship till I get to. And God said, five of you are going to get 500 pounds each. And he said, my God, how do we get to here? Well, <laughs> they were shaping you. And, and molding you and turn and you were sitting there without a Bible hey. just riding My Lord. <laughs> just riding where are we going? I don't know he's preaching good oh, yeah, yeah. and he that person is turning the ship mm -hmm. yeah money coast is right there by the time I get them over there 
all credit cards will be out, wallets will be out, and somebody will be tipping to the doors, oh, I'm going to the toilet. And they never come back. Because they see the offering is coming now. And by, by the time, oh, oh, he's laughing because he's done it. <laughs> oh, the kids acted up all of a sudden. Oh, well, Pastor, I need to go. The child is acting bad. Wait for the offering, brother. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be back. Go put this in the car. I'm coming back. <laughs> and you never see him. Why? Because people have gotten attuned to some of this foolishness. Even though they're saying they're trying to keep their religious face on, they know what's going on. They said, okay, we're being, being herded toward the exit, shaped toward the offering basket. Okay, when will we learn? When will we stop? When will we start calling people on this ridiculousness? I've made up my mind. I will not participate in any of it ever with anyone for any price. Been invited, been asked, been on television, been on radio, things I've done that I haven't told people. Why? Because I only want Christ. Yes. We're sitting here crying our hearts out, asking God, Daddy God, all we want is you. Yes. I'm saying, Lord, the worshipers who love you, who are in love with you, who want your heart, who want your desire, let me be named among them. Let them remember the anointing on your life, even if they forget your name. Who was that sister? Who was that brother? There was somebody looking for God. Are you understanding? These Levitical priests were do this tithe because they had committed themselves unto God. But the tithe of the children of Israel, which they offer, I'm reading down now. Uh, down into the last verse, 24. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as an heave offering unto the Lord, I have given it to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. That's the first tithe. The second tithe continues on. This is another backup support scripture. Nehemiah 10, 37. I won't read it, but make a note of it. You can get the transcript after. The second tithe is a tithe of feasts. Deuteronomy 14, 22 to 27. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed. What? Thy seed. This is not money. This is coming from the field. That the field bringeth forth year by year. Are you seeing this? And thou shalt... Thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. The tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, of thy oil, and of the firstlings of thy herds. That would be your lambs and your, or your kids if they're goats. Thy herds and thy flocks. That thou mayest learn to what? To fear the Lord thy God. And if, and if, the way be too long for thee. This is very important. This is why it's underlined for thee. So that thou art not able to carry it. Or if the place be too far from thee. Which the Lord thy God shall choose to set the, his name there. When the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. That then shalt thou turn it into what? Into money. Turn what into money? The firstling. The lamb or the sheep. The wine. The oil. What is it talking about pastor? If God says we are having this feast on this mountain and you live 20, 30 miles away, you're not going to carry all of those materials with you. You are to sell them, turn them into money, 
then go to where the feast is being held. That's what it's talking about. If the way be too far along for thee, thou shalt, uh, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then shalt thou turn into money, bind up the money in thine hand, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth or desires after. For oxen, for sheep, wine, strong drink, or for whatsoever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt rejoice, thou and thy household, and the Levite that is within thy gates. Thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part or inheritance with thee. Are you seeing this? You remember when Jesus turned over the tables of the money changers? That's what was happening. People were coming to the temple and then exchanging their money to buy their sacrificial offerings at the temple. Like going to Walmart or to Asda. They couldn't carry the goods with them, turned it into money, took the money, went to the temple, and had all the sheep, the goats, the lambs, all of the sacrifices, all this garbage in the temple. And Christ said, my father's house is a house of prayer. You turn to a, de- a den of thieves and robbers. So we started turning over the tables of the money changers. What is a money changer? A money exchanger. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what it says. You give me money, I give you. That's your sacrificial dove. There's your lamb. Well, all this livestock is now in the temple enclosure. That's what it's talking about. If you cannot carry it with you for the sacrifice, turn it into money. Go to the location where the feast is going to be held, then exchange it for what you need. This would be like your family vacation. That's the second tithe. So 10% of your income is gone directly to the Levites. The next 10% is to be set aside for these feast days. If you didn't set it aside, you had nothing. Are you understanding? So that's, now we're up to 20%. Of your income. My God. We're not finished. Hold on. One more. The tithe for the poor. Deuteronomy 14, 28. A little bit further on. 28, 29. At the end of what? Three years. So you've gone from one tithe to a yearly. Now every three years comes this tithe. This is the third one. At the end of three years thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase. That's, that's the summation. Increase of the same year. Every three years, you bring a tithe of everything you made in that one last year. And shall lay it up within thy gates, and the Levites, because he hath no part uh, nor inheritance with thee. Now you've heard that three times now. The first tithe, the second tithe, and this is the third. They're still included. Why? Because they have no part. They're inheritance. And the stranger, who is that? Who's the stranger? Stranger is not your relative, isn't it? The stranger and the fatherless, who is that? Someone without a dad. And the widow, the woman whose husband has died, he's, she's not, he's not there to support her. So the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied. Do what? Eat and be filled. That the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand which thou doest. Are you seeing the charity there? So everyone is taken care of. But that's the third tithe. That's 30% of the, 
of your produce, 30% of your income. That's why anyone saying I'm a tither is lying without even knowing it. You cannot be doing part of what God said and not the rest of it. The three tithes are part of one system that God gave to the Levites. You can't pull out one part and say, well, I'm going to give 10% and God's going to bless me. No, you have not done what God said. If you go back to the beginning, that first one is for the Levites. Well, are there any Levites in your neighborhood? Anyway, any Levites in your church? In your family? No. Oh, Father, we're going to get deeper. We're just, we're just getting warm now. So three tithes should have been collected over a period of three years. You should be ready to give, then ready to give again, then ready to give again. If you are in the tithe system, you must do all that God has said or do none of it. Now, from the law to Malachi, the book of the Old Testament. It's the last book of the Old Testament written around 735 to 700 B.C. before Christ. The book of Malachi was written to correct the lax religious and social behavior of the who? Israelites. Well, who are the Israelites? The Israelites are the tribe of Jacob, descendants of Jacob, particularly the who? The priests. After their return from the Babylonian captivity to Jerusalem. So Israel acted out, God put them into captivity. Then they repented, cried out, God delivered them. Then they acted out again, God put them back under punishment into Babylon. Now they come out again from that. The last Old Testament part of the minor prophets is Malachi. Malachi begins to write about the conditions of the house of God and the things of God. So we went from this stellar performance of the Levites, Levitical priesthood, down to this deterioration of performance, you'll see it here, to where the prophet has got to come out and speak directly to the people. Malachi 1.6 A son honored his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith who? The Lord of hosts. O priests. Well, who are the priests? The Levites. So what has happened to the Levites? What has happened to the ones who were supposed to be showing the people the word? It tells you, that despise my name. And ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? You know how we are. What did I do, Lord? What, what did I say? Ye offer what? Polluted bread upon mine altar. And ye say, where have we polluted thee? And that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Oh, that's a very, very good turnaround. <laughs> Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? The, the stuff you bring to me as God, take it to your president. Take that junk to, the, to your leaders of the land and see if they'll accept it. It had gone down to such a level of disrespect that the priests who knew the law of Moses were bringing blind, halt, lame, sick animals 
and accepting it. Help me, Holy Spirit. Think of it this way. If you are the priest, you have the jurisdiction to watch what God said. It would be the same as if I said to you, you can misquote the Bible any way you want to, and I never correct you. I just let you say it because you wanted to say it. The priests were allowing the people to bring inappropriate sacrifices and accepting them on the behalf of God and offering them on the behalf of God. Where is your integrity? Where is your integrity? I've seen men take money off of drug dealers and say it's okay to put your money in the offerings. Where is your integrity? Prostitutes who've been out all night Saturday come in and give a tithe. And you say it's okay when you know where it comes from. Help me, help me, Jesus. Help me right there, please. I got to get past that one. Oh, my God. From Malachi to Christ. So the last prophet, there's approximately, you'll see, a 400-year gap. In Malachi 2.10, Malachi addresses the issue of divorce. And the practice of divorcing, where everyone likes to quote, God hates divorce. He was talking about the practice in Israel of men leaving their Jewish wives to marry pagans. Thereby bringing in pagan rituals. I'll I'll stop there and and move on to the next point. The 400 year gap between Malachi and the last last book of the Bible, Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, with Matthew brought in a closure to that period, the first of the Synoptic Gospels. This period was from about 420 to 7 B.C. Now, 400 years. I don't know how old you are. You look pretty young. I don't think anyone here is over 399. But if 400-year-old gap, how many babies were born and people died in 400 years? God shut the whole system down. Quietness came. This is called by historians the quiet period. No prophetic leading. No prophetic utterances in 400 years. At the end of Malachi's preaching, because he had prophetic words in his preaching, if you read the whole book of Malachi, he was talking about Christ to come. And what the world was turning to. And God let the whole situation go quiet. If God goes quiet on you, it's for a very good reason. He has said enough for you to change. And you have refused. And he's been silent. Okay. So all of you people who will not do, every last one of you are going to die before I restart my program. You say, oh, God wouldn't do that. What happened in the wilderness? Forty years in the wilderness, the children of Israel. The Bible says that the young ones walked over the carcasses of the elders. You don't want to do God's will? Stay stuck. Stay stubborn. Stay there rebellious. We'll walk over your dead bones to get to the promised land of God. And and it's not age-specific. It's not age-specific. Anyone who refuses... you 400 years, ladies and gentlemen. 400 years. By the time Christ came, 
The tribe of Levi were no longer leading the priest class. The Romans were electing priests. This is why the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the Gospels were so ferocious against Jesus. He threatened their system. If you're, well, I'm not going to talk about African politics. <laughs> talking about military coup? Talking about taking over? Oh, she knows what I'm talking about. Getting corruption out of politics? It's like pulling teeth from a chicken. So deep it is. That, oh, you'll get it later. This is a problem that when somebody gets in power, they write laws to stay in power. Forget about elections. Forget about voter fraud. People start dying. Why? Because once they've had a taste of that power, writing legislature, making laws to support their friends, special interest groups and lobbyists putting money in your personal Swiss bank account and your offshore account that no one knows about but everybody knows about. When that kind of corruption starts happening, people will make deals and children start disappearing, being kidnapped. Your son goes missing. Your daughter goes missing. Why? Because you're going to do what we tell you to do or you'll go missing. This is the kind of corruption. So once they saw, if we just go along with the Romans, the power structure, you just keep everything nice and quiet in Jerusalem, in Judea. Here comes Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, you're messing up. We have our structure. I don't know what you're, you're messing up what we already have in place here. That's why they were so hardened against him. They were controlling and manipulating. And so the Roman government, working directly with the spiritual, so-called spiritual rulers, were able to keep their thumbs on the Israelites, keep them on the political structure. This is what we talked about before. We said churches that are 5013C linked, tax code linked, that's in America, but I don't know about here what the tax code is. But if you're taking a tax exemption from the government, the government now wants to impose its own opinions in your church life, telling you what you can and cannot preach. Are you understanding? Mm -hmm. Telling you what you have to marry these persons. doesn't matter if they're same sex or not. You have to marry. You have to be more open-minded. You're receiving tax benefit, aren't you? If you like to keep that tax benefit, you will do what we tell you to do. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. There are a number of crisis pastors in America. There's a whole list of them. They work with special interest groups, and they've been told that if any crisis were to happen, we want you to begin to tell your people these particular things. And they're not messing around with churches with 200, 300 people. No, no, no. We're talking about mega churches with thousands. That's the ones they target. Thousands of members. Mm -hmm. You see, if I get those email addresses, bank account details, why? Because those who are in that system, those are tithers. So if you give me 10% of your income, I already know how much you're making. 
You're done already. You see? So all these little games running around. So these individuals did not want Christ to upset anything. He comes on the scene. It's a different class of priests. The Levitical priesthood began at Mount Sinai through Moses, ended when Christ abolished the law, literally abolished the law of Moses on the cross. Colossians 2, 13, 17, Hebrews 8, 6 through 8. If you want to read in any one of those places, I, I advise you again to get your Bible. I don't want you to say, oh, he said it, he said it. <laughs> Hebrews 8, 6 through 8. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better what? A better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Are you seeing this? This is for the purpose of change, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 13 of the same chapter. In that he saith, a new covenant, he hath made the first what? Old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So we have gone from the Old Testament... The book of Genesis walked through the entire Bible and we're now in the Synoptic Gospels looking at the purposes of Christ passing the Synoptic Gospels into the New Testament. The New Testament does not start Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It starts with the book of Acts. That is the beginning of the New Testament. Why? Because as long as the testator, which is Jesus, is alive, you are not in a New Testament. All the disciples operated as Old Testament characters. That's why they went to the feasts. That's why they observed the, feast, the same feast as any other Jew. Why? They were in the Old Testament system. With Jesus Christ ascending, he now brings a conclusion to the Mosaic Law. Why is that important? Everything that we have looked at so far has been linked to the Mosaic system. The Levites are no longer needed. I said the Levites are no longer needed, ladies and gentlemen. We are now to enter the new covenant. Because this is one set piece, we will, by the grace of God, pick this up next week. Because you need to see the next sequences in order and time will not permit to go into the next three pieces but we need to understand what has happened so far we have gone through the Levitical order down to the prophet Malachi jumped a 400 year gap to land in the book of Matthew when the synoptic gospels begin and we have seen the emergence or the beginning of Christ's ministry and it's, it's bringing to conclusion the Old Testament system. So that, amen. I agree with you. So that we can begin a new life in Christ. Right? Everything we have said about the law and about the tithes, you need to study it. I'm serious. You need to read it until you know it. 
It's not good enough to go to a sermon and say, oh, the preacher said, you have a Bible. If God has blessed you to be able to read, get your Bible, study these texts. We will send out the PDF after service. You can look at every single place I have quoted. Understand the tithe is not 10%, it's 30% if you are in the tithing system at all. So next time someone tells you, I'm a tither, and you ask them, how much do you tithe? And they say 10%. I say, you are coming short of what God said. Mm -hmm. And you can take them and show them what the Bible actually says. Mm -hmm. Are you understanding? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's stand together and receive the word of God as it's been. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that every heart has understood and received your word as delivered. If I've made any mistakes, I ask your forgiveness. And I ask that those things be turned around in the hearts of the hearer, that they may hear accurately from the Holy Spirit. Daddy God, we ask for the conviction of Christ on every heart that we desire to do your will and to please you, to be God-pleasers, to seek your face, Father God. Not be men-pleasers, but to seek after you. Father, we want to be cheerful and hilarious givers to give with a freedom to give with liberty with no weight no burden no curse hanging over our head but in the freedom of Christ who wanted for us we thank you for the new covenant we thank you for the new and living way that you have opened for every one of us to be free from the law and the curse of the law and the power of the law to be liberated by Jesus Christ himself and we thank you for that liberty in Jesus name give us the boldness to tell every person and we know yes. this truth that we are discovering now yes. in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Find someone. Put your arms around them. Confirm the word of God in them. God bless. God bless.